Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, the priestess, never your mistress, Yannick Taylor. Honey, here's another episode of Conversations with the Priestess. So get your libations and get your ancestors and sit down and have a conversation with your girl. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Yanni T, the priestess, never your mistress. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Conversations with the Priestess. I hope your week has been divine. I hope and pray that all has been well with you. So let's jump right into the show. Before we go any further, though, I want y'all to be sure that you leave a five-star review for this particular podcast. Let me know how we're doing. And that helps us grow as a unit. I love each and every one of y'all and I thank you all for listening to me each week. Even when I had inconsistencies, I appreciate you all. And don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Please, please, please be respectful when sending an email to your girl, the priestess. But you can still hit my mailbag. That's talktopriestess at gmail.com. Again, that's talktopriestess at gmail.com. Everything that I talk about on this show will be in the show notes. All right. So let's jump into it. So Grey's Anatomy alum Jesse Williams has gone viral for his own anatomy after some videos and pictures leaked of his performance that aren't that's actually earning him a a Tony nomination for best performance by a featured actor in a play. He's featured in a Broadway play called Take Me Out. And the images that were leaked were of his full frontal scene in the Broadway play. In it, Williams is playing a gay baseball store who comes out and is confronted with media glare and teammate resentment. And the show includes a shower shower scene where he and, of course, his other castmates, they're naked. I mean, meat sacks cakes everywhere and because of this of course um second stages hayes theater has been enforcing certain procedures to prevent leaks however um all the audience members phones are locked in cases until the end of the show they are able to hold on to these cases according to the venue's website however um williams had already stated that he was terrified at the prospect of being naked on stage so unfortunately somebody broke those rules and leaked the nudes and i am so glad that they did i'm mad that they broke the rules but i'm glad that they that they you know leaked them a little bit because honey the eye candy that i have seen has blessed my life and has blessed me abundantly honey And all I'm going to say is Jesse Williams is already a handsome man. And to have these leaks and stuff, I'm not objectifying him. But let's just say Twitter has been in a frenzy. Social media has been in a frenzy over this. And it was glorious indeed. I ain't going to lie. But y'all, please respect these theaters and stop sneaking your phones in there. But thank you for the footage. In other news, relationship guru, controversial YouTuber, and quote unquote, A high value man himself, Kevin Samuels, has passed away at the age of 57. Kevin Samuels was notoriously known for degrading black women and denigrating black women based on their standards for living and their standards for being in relationships. You've seen all the critiques that he gave black women about, 
going for men that were deemed out of their league or just being anti-black woman in the first place. And men and the podcasters and people that think like Kevin Samuels have a very, very blatant disdain for black women. And this also adds to the rhetoric of how black men trash black women to justify them dating women of other races. And it is just crazy. And the circumstances were mysterious because it started out as a rumor. And of course, I waited till there was surefire confirmation of his passing. And I feel sorry for his mom. My prayers go out to her as she found out via social media. However, with his legacy, a lot of black women, of course, have been stating their thoughts on their death, on his death, rather, on Kevin Samuel's death. And also there has been some people celebrating. While I choose not to celebrate the death of someone, I do mourn for his mother. I um, empathize and sympathize for her. However, I am not upset at his passing. You know, it doesn't affect me like that, but we can call attention to the harmful rhetoric that he put out there in regards to black women with this high value man. And basically a high value man is a misogynistic asshole that feels that his wealth and dick can get him anything that he wants. And basically it's like he's entitled to have a certain type of woman and shit on other women. And it's stupid. And it really goes beyond this whole spectrum. It's, it's a lot of nuances. But the things that he said about black women were horrible and said two black women were her, were horrendous. But that was his life. And I am a firm believer that the life you lead on earth, the things that you do on earth will forever be your legacy. And I want to ask, what will you be remembered by? Like, is your legacy going to be one of pain and harm or is your legacy going to be something productive and positive and not shitting on black women? And it's sad that we have black men that create these podcasts to shit specifically on black women. And I find it laughable. They will never prosper. So I want your thoughts. And this is where I want y'all to hit me up in the mailbag. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think about what his legacy will do for the black women and this onslaught of podcasters. And and it's crazy because we had a lot of black men saying, oh, my gosh, this man had a strong pimp hand. This man. Oh, gosh, we lost a real one. How his pimp hand was not strong. His pimp hand was weak. The fact that his mother had to find out via social media says a lot about his relationship with his mother and how he views women. And if y'all want to celebrate that, y'all can go on ahead. But as for me and my house, we will we will not bow down to bullshit supremacy by black men. Like, come on, come on. Let that shit go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Because like for real. And to be honest. We've given him enough of our attention. We're going to let that man rest in wherever he went. And I'm going to keep living my blessed, best life. So in other news. So this is a brief little story time about how you should save often as a creative, as any type of creative work that you do save often when you're using technology. So in preparation for this week's episode, I was going through and looking at what I wanted to put into the episode and 
it didn't dawn on me until halfway through creating this week's episode to save it. But so I start saving it and everything. And then the next thing I know, the software that I used glitched and it shut down. I said, oh my gosh, I hope I haven't lost everything that I've worked on. So I went and I looked for the file, couldn't find the file, tried to recover it and everything. And I was mad as hell. I was mad as hell. And I had planned some segments and everything. So I was angry because I lost those segments and lost the editing. However, thank God that I can start over. So as I've just finished talking about Kevin Samuels and saving often, I'm, I've saved this one appropriately. So, of course, y'all are listening to it now. But remember to save often. And as I've saved often, I present to you the High Value Woman segment of Conversations with the Priestess. Let's check it out. Welcome to a High Value Woman, where we discuss all things woman and how to reach us if you can. As we have talked about the dearly departed Kevin Samuels and his High Value Man series, I bring to you the High Value Woman series. So to start off, many people ask, well, how can I get a high value woman? I'm glad that you asked. First off, we're going to start on social media. When approaching a woman on social media, have more than one picture on your profile on social media and make sure that the profile picture is of you. And if you want a high value woman, you cannot have misogynistic, trans misogynistic, homophobic, anti-black things on your page. Because we're watching and looking at your posts, looking at how you interact with other women and individuals. And we look at what you post about women and that will determine if you're even worth our time. And if you are brave enough to come into our inbox, remember, respect is the rule and the rule is respect. Don't. Hey, what you doing? Hey, sexy. Hey, queen. Do not thumbs up. Do not send me a true because that is an automatic block. Interact in my comments. Say something other than, oh, you're beautiful in this picture. Comment on my intellectual post. Let me see how intellectual you are. Because as a high value woman, I am intellectual, I'm smart, and I'm spiritual. Comment when I post things about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And that it's a woman's body and it's her choice. But if you cannot do these things then you do not deserve the time nor the presence of a high-value woman. And when we turn you down or reject your offer to come see you, do not ask for an explanation because we don't owe you an explanation at all as to why we are not interested. And specifically, if you cannot meet us out in public or offer to take us out to anywhere, why even bother? Because we are not about to be your cash cow. You want a high value woman? Step your game up, player. Step your game up. Black women have standards too. And we are allowed to have standards of what we will and will not put up with. I'm about my paper. If you can't grind with me, baby, we can't lay up. 
if you're not grinding as hard as I am, then we have no business talking. The last time I checked, I didn't see a bird talking to an ant unless it was for dinner. And baby, you come up in my domicile, I will eat you for dinner, lunch and dessert and spit you out and ask you how you feel and go on about my merry way. This has been a high value woman. I hope you enjoyed a high value woman. If you would like to see more of that, please, please leave me a five star review and let me know what you think. I also am taking topic ideas as well. So hit my mailbag. I'm going to take a quick break. Here are some church announcements. Love, love and be free. And we'll be back. Conversations with the Priestess is brought to you by Visible T365, where we believe in living in your visible truth. This is a grassroots organization that I am a proud to be a part of. We are reaching out to my trans individuals that are in need of resources, need of necessary things to help survive in this crazy world. If you are in need, please reach out to myself or you can reach out to the founder and director of Visible T365. I have the link in my show notes. You can also look on Facebook and Instagram, Visible T365, for those necessary resources. We welcome you. Please check out Visible T365 because we believe in you living in your visible, authentic truth. Are you ready for a one of a kind show? Well, then get ready for Beagle's one and only transmasculine hosted and produced talk show, as well as their complimenting podcast. Check out Three Guys and the Mic. Don't want to miss the conversations from the perspective of trans masculine individuals hosted by B Live, V and Cuban. You can join them on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Beagle Live app. And you can also catch their podcast, Three Guys and a Mic, on the Anchor platform. The links are in the show notes. Please check out my fam. You don't want to miss these great conversations that they are having. Go ahead and check them out now. And don't forget to share and help them build. Help them build and get the word out. Let's get back into the show. And it's time for Diary of a Church Girl, Chapter 4. Trigger warning, I am going to be talking about things pertaining to mental health, sexual abuse, and various adult things. Just wanted to get that out there. So here's Chapter 4. We left off. Um, with discussing where I was in ministry and discussing going into 2021 and some events of 2020. Well, also during the time of me transitioning, I felt to mention that when I first started transitioning, transitioning, um, pastor teacher had enlisted the help of some of his male counterparts in ministry. And basically I would get DMs or phone calls or texts saying that, they wanted to talk to me about me transitioning. And the main question was, was I sure I wanted to do this? And I would respond, yes, I've prayed about it and I am firm in my decision to transition. I've also been cleared by my therapist. And they left it alone after that. And this happened quite a few times throughout. Even when new people came to the ministry, I was asked by them 
about my transition. Was I sure? I said, I'm very sure. However, because of me not looking a certain way and not passing, it was an issue for pastor teacher. And he would tell me that he didn't want me to dress out until I knew for sure I was ready. Mind you, I had already, and I hate saying the term dressed out. Let me fix that. Instead of me presenting as the woman that I am, he was like, I want to make sure that everything is proper, is is done correctly, because we don't want to confuse the people. And in my experience in talking to other trans individuals, I have heard their leaders who have also been gay in ministry or part of the gay inclusive church. Even if they tried to go mainstream, they were often told during their transition, well, I don't want you to dress out yet because I don't want you to confuse the people, which I had a problem with. If you knew this person was transitioning, why not help them find the resources as their leader to help them transition? And mind you, um, he had tried to get me and the other ministers some mentors. However, um, with my mentor, things was kind of challenging with my mentor. So I was actually um, because I my transition had stalled. I kind of didn't have a mentor. However, with the mentor I had, I reached out to them and we talked and, and occasionally, but I really didn't feel comfortable because I felt as if the reason why I had a mentor was to kind of guide me out of transitioning. And I felt some type of way about that. So fast forward, In 2020, as I'm working with the other church doing their praise and worship, my leader, pastor teacher says to me, oh, and this is a common theme with him. He said, well, um, I need to talk to you. I said, what's up? He said, well, I've been in talks with the pastor at this church that you're doing praise and worship. And I've been talking to them about you possibly be possibly becoming a member Put a pen right there. And when he said that, I'm like, what? You are basically telling me you want me to leave your ministry. I'm confused. And I asked him, I said, what do you mean? Well, this is what he told me. He says, well, I see that you're struggling in ministry here. And I'm just praying concerning your place in the ministry. And is this ministry the right place for you? And I'm like, Okay, I said, it is the place for me or else I wouldn't be here. And I took offense to that. And he said, well, we're going to give it a few months and see how you do. Mind you, at this point, we were barely having service because of the pandemic. And I felt some type of way about it. So not long after that, mind you, during this time, I'm going through a bad depression, number one, because I. I wanted to present myself as how I saw myself and to have people that claim they're for me to doubt me really hurt me and put me in a mental space. So at this point, I'm still doing praise and worship at this church, but I couldn't understand why I was sat down still in my own church from doing praise and worship. And it made no sense to me because after he said this, he finally started seeing how people were gravitating towards that particular ministry because of the praise and worship team. And people start recognizing who I was when I went out and about and people were just giving me accolades, but I'm the very humble type person. I'm not a cocky type person. And mind you, in the fellowship we were in, I only sang in like the fellowship choirs, didn't do a whole lot. 
because I was told that I couldn't serve or anything because number one, my mental health was struggling. I'm like, well, have you ever thought that maybe me serving is helping my mental health? And he had this common saying whenever he felt like sitting me down or felt like I wasn't doing things the way he wanted instead of doing it God's way. He would say, you're bleeding on the sheep and you need to sit down. Oh, I'm bleeding on the sheep. Okay, how? And he could never give me a a definite answer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. So I ended up just saying, you know, I'm just going to sit down. I'm still going to do praise and worship and play at other churches. But here, I'm just going to sit back and you call me when you need me. So during this time, he had me to do an inspirational word one Sunday. And it was just random. I don't know what he was up to. And I'm thinking maybe he didn't have a sermon or nothing, but he had already prepared me in advance. So I talked about the prodigal son and I related myself to it. And he's giving me accolades afterwards and people really encourage me. And he starts crying on the phone. Okay, boom. Well, then after that, I started teaching Bible study and occasionally leading prayer. Did that for a while. And I realized it was now because the people that he wanted to do it were not in place. And I was used as a last resort. And I'm like, wow, wow. Mind you, before I came to his church, I was pastoring and leading Bible study every week with the church that I was pastoring. And I also would talk spiritual things with other people on my platform, such as Bego. And he had a problem with that. And I realized that we had a close friend that was on there as well. And of course, he will report back to my pastor everything that I talked about. So there came a point while I was on the Bego platform from 2020 going into 2021, I noticed that pastor teacher would oftentimes say, how is Beagle going? It's going good. Yes, I'm experiencing some transphobia and some ignorant people, but I love it. It's been my bread and butter. I would give up my time. I would do what I have to do. However, he was like, well, you need to know when it's time for something to end. I said, well, it's not ending yet. I'm still enjoying it. Mind you, at this time, I was at this other church playing, um, the keyboard and piano and sometimes and also at another church during praise and worship well at the church that I did praise and worship at I people loved it when I came and did praise and worship but it was always the question why aren't you presenting as who you know that you are I said it's a long story so this comes after again during this period comes again after me dealing with the church thing and dealing with all of this. And this is after a few months after my leader mentioned that he was talking to this other pastor about me becoming a member of their church. And I'm like, "Mm, I, I felt like, but I denied it. I felt like he was just not wanting to deal with me and that I actually felt like something was wrong with me. I felt like that wasn't the right place for me. And I felt hurt that he would even consider that, you know, without really having a conversation with me. But he would never talk about this in front of the other minister. He would do it when it was just me and him on the phone or when I was alone. Now, there would be moments where he would call me or call me in a FaceTime to shoot the shit and 
talk trash and crack jokes with me and the other minister. And we would just have, you know, a regular check in during the pandemic. And this was also in the height of the pandemic. And considering that I had lost my grandmother. So he was doing check ins with us because we had all lost people in our lives. And we would kiki, and those were some of the fun times, even with some of the outings. But when it came down to certain things, it was like he was a control freak and he wanted everything his way. And he would just set us down for no reason, no explanation or anything. So at this point, my mental health had gotten much better. I got gotten much better in my mental health. And even with the passing of my grandmother that year, I was grateful to be alive. You know, I was grateful to be alive and I was still grieving. And later on, I had lost a close friend of mine and he asked me, how are you going to be mentally? I said, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Let me grieve. So I did my bit of grieving while still doing ministry stuff. I was teaching, doing what I had to do. So in 2020, in about August, September of 2020, I was still doing praise and worship at this church and I got frustrated because it was some issues between myself and the leadership and some of the praise team members. There was a lot of confusion going on and I decided it was time for me to make a decision for my mental health and I I left that position. Well, a couple of Sundays before I left the position and this comes a few months after my pastor had told me he had talked to this leader about me joining his church. I got this prophecy saying, oh, we accept you here. You can be who you are and we love you. And he had two of the other trans women that were his members to hug me and embrace me. But it felt awkward and the prophecy sounded forced and it was false. And the other minister was there. And I'm like, I did not receive that because that sounded off. Something is not right. And I started connecting the dots. Oh, him and pastor had talked. And I, a few weeks later, I ended up leaving that ministry. And not long after I left, my leader started talking about rebuilding the ministry. So we had one service, well, you know, in the building that we were using. But then because of a spike in numbers for the pandemic, for COVID, uh, for the coronavirus, they canceled everything. So we went back to doing the conference calls and the lives. And at this point, we're still, I'm still teaching every now and then. I'm still praying. I wasn't teaching as much, but I would lead prayer. And at this point, he had brought in other people from other ministries to help him relaunch, which this would have been like the second or third relaunch he had done in the time of the ministry. So with pastor teacher doing all of this, I said, okay, no, let's see what it gives. Well, Going into 2021, he decides he wants to relaunch and rename the church after his former bishop that we'll call the prophet, a.k.a. Don Prophet, which was his his nickname. So Don Prophet meets with us and okays for us to change the name to the ministry that he had used. And I wondered why I didn't question. I just went with it because at this point I'm just over. Let me focus on my life. So as we're preparing for this relaunch, one of his um, cohorts, and we'll call this person, this this particular leader, Bishop Poseidon, 
we have a meeting. And at this point, before 2021 comes in, the other minister has moved away. I didn't understand why he moved away, but me and him had one last two ride as friends. We chilled, we talked. And I felt sad because he was leaving me. And I felt like you were leaving me to deal with this man alone. I don't want that. Mind you, two people from the church that I did praise and worship had also joined the ministry. So Don Prophet okays it and we go on about our business. Well, I was getting things together and helping him come up with ideas to do the launch planning a community day and this is right after this is right going to that transition of 2021 where we saw people laxing certain things with the coronavirus and people were starting to open up churches again according to a certain capacity that you could have and at this point he's starting to relaunch mind you I'm still wondering when am I going to be able to present as the woman that I am. And in comes Bishop Poseidon. He had worked with Bishop Poseidon before. And and I'm calling him Bishop Poseidon because he's a Pisces like me. And also that was a Twitter handle he had. So he had just moved to this area. We didn't see this person until it was time for us to launch. We all had hung out with him a few times. He would go to dinner with us and things like that and we were all fellowship talk about the relaunch and they had set the date in may during around about memorial day week um around about memorial day weekend to launch the ministry so we're all fellowshipping and i'm talking back and forth to bishop poseidon i had talked to him that previous summer and he wanted to hang out with me because we were both lift drivers and things like that and bishop poseidon had called me he was like oh well i want to see you um but um, I'm with a friend. I was like, okay. I said, well, I'm working right now. If we don't get to beat up, I'll see you after you move. We hang out then, you know, you know, as you know, okay, this is a leader. You know, I can hang out with him. Well, me and Bishop Poseidon um, did not meet up again until it was time to do the launch. And we finally had the launch in May. And instead, and I asked, well, for the launch, can I present as my true self? I was told to wait because we were still under the fellowship out of Georgia and we hadn't yet had the meeting. I'm like, well, we can have the meeting while you're discussing your plans to relaunch. That never happened. I was never on the phone call, but I was expected to be on every conference call for the fellowship and on every conference call for the ministry. And I just let it go at this point. I said, well, you know, I'm still going to take my hormones and do what I need to do and plan it. Even if I have to leave, that was the mindset I had. And there was another um, individual of trans experience and we talked. And the question was asked, was I ready? At that point, I wasn't sure because so much had been told to me. My best friend was asking questions. I said, you know what? Just let me have my moment to think. And... I'm going to end it here for the time being. On chapter five, I'm going to discuss the church launch and things that happened there. And I'm going to lead up to a point with Bishop Poseidon as well on next week. So don't forget to share this. And if you hear this, let me know that you're listening. Okay, so that's all. Live, love and be free from the priestess. Smooches. Smooches.